Welcome to the Heavy Girls Podcast. I'm Christina Long. In today's episode, Courtney and I sit down with the band Winterwolf to learn more about the band, their origins, and how they approach creating heavy music today. All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Black Girls World Heavy Girls Podcast. For our guest this time, we got the band Winter Wolf. We so happy to have them on here. Thanks for coming out with us, guys. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Thank you. All right. This is Courtney Long, um, co-host with Christina Long, Christina. (laughs) (laughs) you remind me so much of my sister too (laughs) hey do something (laughs) every time every time all right christina why don't you kick us off all right well so yeah i i have to say winter wolf is a band that i've been meaning to catch up with for a long time i feel like you all absolutely have like a homegrown New York City following. I'm always hearing about some new show you have that you're performing at. Seem that you consistent booking. Um, and I also really enjoy your sound and, and the flair for hardcore um, energy that you have in your music. So one of my first questions for you guys is, for people who might not be based in the New York City area or here on the East Coast, how would you describe your music for someone who is new to Winterwolf. Um, we consider it, we have like several names for it. Um, it was Afro, sorry, it was Harlem Rhythm Punk. And then after a while, while we're still developing our sound, we called it Afro Surrealism. And the reason is because we wanted to take the concept of horror punk and make it relate more into the black experience. So, you know, we're huge fans of um, Donald Glover's um, Atlanta mm-hmm. and pretty much everything that Jordan Peele has been doing. Um, and also, you know, Screaming Hawk, uh, Screaming um, Jay, and also Howling Wolf. You know, we're big, huge fans of them. So it's literally just taking that concept and making it more relatable to us as you know as black men and also to black people as well and also you know other people can find a relation to it our music as well that's awesome um did you have Thank a follow-up you. question courtney i could keep no going. i was just i'm like that's awesome <laughs> <laughs> like i don't know what to say <laughs> <laughs> right. i wasn't a really big jordan peele fan i i'm I'll be honest, I'm terrified of horror movies, but I had to go see Nope. So now I'm like diehard Jordan oh, Peele. Oh, oh, oh. I'll spoil it, I still didn't see it. Oh, I still didn't see it yet. Man, I was getting ready to get into that. Ooh, nah, nah. <laughs> you gotta see it. It's so yeah, good. Yeah, I just seen it last week. I'm like, whoa. She thinks she liked that movie, but our, the secret to Courtney is she can't really handle any horror or rated our film unless it has a lot of animals in it, and then she's oh, in- you. <laughs> oh, I got some movies for you, though. Tale of the Haunted Animals. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh. Just, just Pet cemetery alone. <laughs> oh. I don't know about that one. Oh, but could you talk about that a little more, this idea of, like, horror punk music? Because I do... There's so, there's so many ways uh, we can kind of tap into the 
self-expression that we find in this type of music. But for you, um, yeah, could you expand on that a little more as far as the sort of energy that you bring to performances? Well, I wanted to bring, you know, um, you know, a reality to, you know, a different type of crowd to convey, you know, Black people's realities, uh, my reality, uh, the, some of the, you know, terrible things we go through and, and make an allegory for it, you know, uh, and to convey it to a different crowd, to a, an audience that maybe is not familiar with, you know, Black pain. Mm-hmm. And then also, also, we like to call it at most times recess for adults, because everybody has had recess with, unless you were homeschooled, had recess, you know, sometimes you like you go to work, you go to school and you don't have a place to just be yourself. Freedom of expression, unadulterated freedom of expression without limits. And so when you come to a Wintable show, you get to experience that. And we'd like to say it is an experience more than a show or a performance. And we just want to show you the experience of recess in this adult bodies. That's awesome. Yeah. I definitely relate. I feel like a lot of the music we've listened to and the shows that we go to are for that exact reason. Sure, um, yeah. But every band has a different personality. Wouldn't you agree, Courtney? Like, sometimes they're not totally on the same wavelength. But then when they are, it's like a really special experience. <laughs> and I like, I like the way you described it because those are the, those are the best shows because when you're done, when you go home, it's like you're at peace. Like you just had like yeah. this intense meditation. Yes. Yep. Or you just came home from church, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Spiritual practices. Mm-hmm. I know. Could you tell us more about this show last night where you say y'all break the Oh yeah, <laughs> talk to Tony about that. <laughs> oh my god. Ooh, oh my god. Okay, time. so um, you want me to tell it or? Yeah, yeah. Go for it. All right, cool. All right, so we played. Amongst <laughs> so other things. Amongst other things. So we played for a benefit show for um, Defend um, the Atlanta Force. It's a foundation where Atlanta are being cut down, and in its and in its place is being built, I believe, police training facilities. camp, the yeah. police facilities. In the wake of the George, the George Floyd rebellion. Um, so they got together as a collective and wanted to raise funds and bring awareness of what was going on there. But we got asked to do the show and, you know, we were really excited to do it. So it, so the place was a community farm garden out in Bushwick in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. And it was a really cool place, nice place to have a show. And the stage that we were on was kind of a little rickety at least to the point where me playing drums the when we perform when it comes to jay and tony they're always moving like Uh it's it's literally like watching chuck berry and prince perform on stage because they're they're gonna keep the part they're gonna keep the party going no matter what happens they're just they're constantly moving and meanwhile i'm behind the kit like you know doing my thing so on the stage Every step that they took, one part of my kit was moving. So it was stepping a lot. <laughs> by yeah. the time we kicked off and the show started, it I literally felt like I was on a roller coaster because everything was moving, the symbols was moving, everything was moving. And Tony he stomped on the on the stage and just put a hole in it. 
<laughs> but he was like so into the show that he didn't we didn't know I didn't know this all that much. But it wasn't until towards the end because we always close our set with um our bad brains cover, our right brigade. We always you know, you know, and the crowd always goes off for it. So they like jumped on the stage and his right foot went right into the stage. Yeah, it did, yeah. But he's still but he's still playing. And (laughs) the only way that I knew I know this was because now me and Jay are the same height. So when he went in, I'm like, why did Jay just get shorter all of a sudden? And (laughs) he's still playing with his foot in the hole of the stage. He's still playing. And you didn't miss a note at all, Jay. No, you didn't no, miss no, no. no. This is like they happen all the time. So yeah, it's, like, it's not. I it's hope... not ending new falling off stage. Right. <laughs> no, no, there. No, it's it's documented. This man cannot stay on stage <laughs> like, for anything. But he just put his foot in the hole in the stage, and we're all like, and all three of us are like freaking out because we're like, damn. Oh damn. Yeah, so what's gonna happen. We're going up to the to the to the to the promoters and we're like, yo, we were so sorry we messed up the stage. They were like, Oh no, dude, you guys are amazing. You can do you can break our stage anytime. I'm like, what? Also, Wait, what? What? <laughs> <laughs> what? Excuse me? <laughs> so so that happened and you know, everyone was and then the thing was we were the opening band. So mm-hmm. what ended up happening was <laughs> <laughs> they looked at the stage, looked at us, looked at the stage, looked at us, and said, "Damn, I got to follow up after y'all." That's crazy. <laughs> no, but they found a way to patch up the, the stage, and yeah, that's pretty much what happened. The stage got broken, tamarines got broken on fire, yeah, so it was it was mayhem. I don't know oh why I'm picturing that scene from Aristocats. When the band fell through the building on oh, uh, yeah, and it kept playing. And it kept playing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That sounds like an awesome show. It was a jungle. It was it was an experience for sure. I was on your band camp. It looks like you had three albums so far. The most recent came out this summer. Is that correct? Unwell. Yes. The most recent one came out. It that came out is called Unwell. Mm-hmm. It's um it consists of what our current lineup is and most it's most representative of the the direction we're heading in. Direction. And it's apparently a stage stomper. <laughs> <laughs> Stage hey, we, come, breaking. we come from that, you know, that something, you know, church culture, you know. Like, mm-hmm. Oh, that's good. That sounds like a really great, a great show. It's one of my favorite things about live music in general. Mm-hmm. It's like there's always something going down that is ephemeral. Like either you were there and you saw it or you right. were You have to be there. Yeah, you have to yeah. be there. You have to experience it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so would you say that? Could you tell us a little more about the Unwell album? Would do you feel like, you know, it was a journey between this thing that you created versus the last album that you had made? Before? Oh, definitely. The, um, this band has been through a whole lot of changes since I first started it. Um, at first, it was just me and any drummer I could find. I would just show up the venues and I'll be booked. 
I'll show up the venues and I'll like not have a drummer and I'll pick someone in the crowd and <laughs> they'll just hop on stage. Oh, you can count the four? Or can you play drums? Get on stage. And that's how I was doing it for a while. Um, and then Tony and Nate joined the band, uh, what, like two years ago? At this point, three years ago? Yeah, 2019. Yeah, 2019. And um, we've, this has been our... our the most consistent lineup and, and the best sounding lineup, on, in my opinion. Courtney, you got any questions? Yeah, I was reading up a little bit. I mean, I I like that the the name of the album is Unwell. Do you want to talk mm-hmm. a little bit about you know why you called it Unwell? In this yeah, yeah, because when we recorded it, um, the pandemic just just hit. We were writing and recording, the pandemic just hit, and I wanted to encapsulate you know the feeling of you know what's going on around us, how we're feeling, how everyone's doing. And it's yeah, just uh, unwell, yeah, unwell yeah. spiritually and mentally, right? The unwell stuck the most to me, and it just felt right. I know, and you know, right now we have the president, United States, saying that the pandemic is officially over. It's not people; are still dying, <laughs> right? No, no. Yeah, how do you guys feel about that? I mean, historically, I mean, not going too too far, but historically, we've gone through all types of pandemics. Right. And it's never the end. It's just really about adapting. You know, like people, people will still wear masks. You know, people will still practice social distancing. There will always be a vaccine. There will always be, you know, things of this nature happening. But, you know, that's the beauty of Unwell. It's just sort of like we needed, it was not just something that we wanted to give to the people. It was, it was also, therapy for ourselves as well as individuals because you know we were all you know every single one of us especially in the new york scene as a whole was feeling the effects and the one thing that we said we were going to do is like all right when when because at first we're like all right when this is over we're going to record an album and stuff like that but you know we had no idea when this was going to end and you know anything could happen so we were like, you know what? How much money you have? How much money you have? Things started to lift up a little bit. Um, and they were like, all right, let's just, you know, take the Long Island Railroad and record and record this EP. But we wanted to make sure that it wasn't like something that we were just going to have recorded and just present. It was like, we want to make sure that this is a special remembrance of. You know, years from now, right. this time, you know, because that that, e- that EP is always going to stay with us, you know, long, long for us. This, the, the EP itself is going to last longer than the band itself, you know, and we can mm-hmm. always go back and think about where where we were when we recorded this album, when this album was being finished and when this album came out. So but to answer your previous question, I just think there's always going to be, you know, things that will keep us from developing further but we just have to be able to adapt and you know try our best to take care of ourselves mm. Mm. I like what you said about capturing the moment it reminds me of a court unionized time during the pandemic in the lockdown in 2020 we we were really struggling creatively to uh, work on the zine, right? We just didn't mm-hmm. feel inspired, right? Didn't mm-hmm. feel like making anything. Um, but, you know, as 
the summer of 2020 progressed and, you know, people were in the streets trying to push back on all these different things around the Black experience, we did come up with this idea to do a photo issue and um, we just kind of delved into creating like a very polished sort of glossy, expensive edition of the zine. Um, but in comparison to a lot of the other things we've been doing up until that point, we're like handmade handmade zines that you would mm-hmm. do at home. And I was like, no, we need to document what is happening now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Snapshot Right. And I was like, you know, if we really want to speak to people in our community for this moment, it has to be like this bigger, larger, beautiful magazine. But yeah, it was there was so much going around going on at that time. Um for like why we came to that conclusion. Um and yeah, it has since passed. We have since moved on to to some other in, insights, but it was a moment for sure. Did you agree, Courtney? Yeah, I mean I think it's amazing that you guys were able to create an entire album out of that. I felt so like Christina was saying, creatively stifled. It, I mean, the pandemic made me feel like I was back in high school again. That isolation sense was just mm-hmm. like, did not want to go back to that. So I think it's amazing that you guys are able to come out with this new album, Unwell, and create something beautiful out of like what's been like a terrible shared experience we didn't ask for. <laughs> right, like, right. <laughs> also, uh, one follow-up question, too. Um, you, all, you had mentioned like that generally in your music, we're trying to tap into sharing more about um, Black men's like life experience. Could you expand on that a little more? Like, what do you think most people like, okay, like maybe not Black people um, <laughs> uh, don't know about Black men's experience these days? It's a lot. To expand one is like, coming home late at night, you could just be coming home from work or school or any occupation and getting followed home by law enforcement just because of the color of your skin. There could have been some suspicious activity in a certain area and somehow us brothers of color fit the description, which is not, there's nothing new. It's been happening for centuries, decades upon decades. That's one experience. You know, the, I would just say, you know, it's like my thoughts are ping pong right now, but you know, uh, when, Black people talk, you know, sometimes we speak with our hands. You know, if I say something, if I'm doing anything and I'm speaking with my hands, you know, you understand what I mean because of the cultures that we come from. Certain people from outside uh, cultures may not understand it. It might be a threat or look like a threat to them. Right, right. It's right. another experience, you know? So it's just a certain way we move, certain way we talk. Yeah, yeah. We have, we also have a big, a big worry about being tokenized. And in mm-hmm. you know the music industry and uh, the vaccine in general, um, mm-hmm. we don't we don't want to be tokenized. We just wanna we just wanna live. We don't want to be necessarily part of your movement or like mm-hmm. or like be capitalized on just because of you know we're black people doing something weird and new. You know we we worry about that quite often. Even maybe like this concept of the novelty of it or something. Yes, the novelty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We worry about the novelized. Um, fetishized you know we, we do right. these really concerns for us if i can relate i think since we started this zine that you know it was mainly meant to document the shows that we were going to mm-hmm. try to talk about what it what it was like as black women going into these usually all white spaces or white right. spaces. Mm-hmm. i i have seen like over the years i had to get more 
selective about, you know, invitations we would get to different events. True, true, true. Yeah. Galleries, because some of those events I would go to and I re- I would realize when I got there, like, oh, like they booked us, they invited us because of their novelty of the idea. Right. Really they scoring points, they're like scoring social points on it. You know? Right. And I'm like, y'all, you're not actually interested in this music or or what we're trying to talk about in this community. You just thought it was odd, odd enough to be in <laughs> odd enough to be included. And I'm like, yeah, I don't wanna yeah. Um, and so a lot of our work, we try and just focus on the audience first to, you know, to, to, to be like, who, who did we want to make sure got their eyes on this? Or even for this podcast, who are we hoping um, gets a chance to tune into it? Um, mm-hmm. For us, it's still um, just kids, just trying to get kids who, um, diverse kids who otherwise might not know or find that there might be other weird people out there interested in the things that they're interested in. And it's not all just white people stuff, right? I know I got a follow up question. Yeah. Have y'all were y'all have y'all always lived in New York? Like so I'm like, man, Oi. I'm so jealous. We was always out in the cornfield, so it's just like <laughs> I can't. Yeah, 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 I grew up here. Yeah. Like yeah. honestly, like we've all three of us have lived in New York all our lives. Like I live in Brooklyn. Um I live in Jay, Jersey. Yeah, Jersey. from Jersey. And um Jay originally from Harlem. He's currently in um, the Heights right now. So our experiences, especially as New Yorkers, has always been um, this, like, I guess I could say like hustle mentality where we had mm-hmm. to make our way and make our names by constantly, you know, networking, but also being respectable, being respectful in other people's spaces. Because mm-hmm. the one thing about this is that, you know, we've played with all types of bands, all types of shows, but the one thing we always bring you know, not just like, you know, recess or anything like that. We always bring respect and love and compassion to just wherever we go. Cause our most important thing is just having like that community feel and knowing that there are people who will support you regardless. And just being a good person, being good people, you know, there are a lot of good, you know, whatever their title is, they're, they're, a lot, they're good at that. But how are you as an individual? How are you as a person? So we do our best because nobody's perfect, but we do our best to be good people. Mm-hmm. That's uh, awesome. Oh, Courtney, I'm just looking at the time. Sorry. Oh, um, I think we might want to close this out. I don't know. How are you guys feeling? You guys got uh, extra 10 minutes or yeah. you got to go? Yeah. Oh, oh sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm, sure. How's that oxtail? How's that oxtail looking? <laughs> I am not making oxtail. <laughs> he just wants me to say yes, so he has a reason to come over. So, I guess I had a follow-up question unless you had one with Christina. What are y'all most looking forward to for the rest of the year? Like, what are you, what are you hoping to do with this album? That you might not have been able to do with the other ones. Like, what are you hoping to go hard on this year? 
Uh, so far, the reception of this album has been really, really good. You know, really? much better than I expected it. Mm-hmm. Um, I just hope it will grow us into, you know, uh, bigger shows, bigger checks. Uh, <laughs> and, the big, and, the big, and the big screen. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, getting on a soundtrack would be cool. Oh, getting Tony on screen would be cool. That'd be cool. That's a good goal. That'd be really cool. Yeah. Um, definitely touring more, like That's being able sure. to play more shows outside of New York. We were blessed enough to play a few shows out of out of state. Um, yeah, this year. We, yeah, more yeah. than a few. I guess. Yeah, yeah. We actually got to um play in Houston. We played the Black and Brown mm-hmm. Fest. It was like the first ever Black and Brown Fest over there. And let me tell you. Houston is and um, has an amazing scene down there. Like, yeah, they do. And they musically, have and yeah. musically, they have amazing people down there. Like the crowds are just absolutely amazing. They show nothing but support. And um, shout out to Jazz uh, Lagrimas and uh, Lagrimas. Um, he helped us tremendously. Also, um, Edgar for helping us out as well. Just. I'm Edgar of Lagrimas as well. Um, just we love we love Texas, we love Houston, but we definitely would love to play like all the places outside. Maybe get to Chicago soon. That'd yeah. be cool. Oh, yeah. Y'all gotta come by. Great. Yes. Yeah, we would love to play in Chicago. That's awesome. I'm excited for you. I do hope that you get more opportunity. I feel like I see your name everywhere around here. It might just be the feed I'm on. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I would love to see that for you, that you get to expand and continue to go abroad, hopefully. Yeah, that'd be cool, too. Yeah, I mean, hey, who knows? Maybe next year we'll come to Chicago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Year's not over yet. Yeah, exactly. We just got into fall. Mm-hmm. And could, could you share, are there any artists that you all follow that you would say are, um, I don't know if I would say your favorite artists, but artists you've been listening to a lot lately that you like? Um, well, first of all, shout out to Ended from Baltimore. Um, they are so good. <laughs> yeah, they are. Good. So, so good. I had the chance to actually meet them. Um, I think what, what was it in June? What was it? June? May or June. May, May or June. June. But they're amazing. They're such an amazing band. Um, uh, kind of think. Shout out to the tribe. Yeah, shout out to the tribe. Um, that consists of Maafa. Um, another band that I'm in, um, 1865 and Rebelmatic. Of course, of course. I've been to some of the outdoor shows in Brooklyn. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, pop-ups. Yeah, the pop-ups. I don't know if they're still happening or not, but yeah. The- no. Um, it's not to say that, I mean, we had one not too long ago, but you know, this and, year. yeah, I mean, anything's possible. Ooh. Um, and then lastly, or at least on my side, lastly, I know you describe yourselves as sort of a, originating in Harlem. I lived in Harlem for about five years. Oh, where at? Um, on the upper, what do they call it? West the side? Upper east? east side, like off of 135th and 5th. Hey, I was on 131st and 6th. That's not, that's close. Uh, You're by the hospital. You're by the hospital over there. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. I feel where I got out of there because <laughs> was just going all hours of the day and uh huh, uh huh. 
It's loud. It is loud over there. <laughs> yeah, every time I called her, there was a siren going in the back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that, that's all of them. That's all of them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, guy in Burger King ready to fight you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a loud um, But the only reason I bring it up is like, um, could you speak to like uh, if I never found like punk music in, in the Harlem area? If you did, could you clue us in on on where you want to go? <laughs> you know what? There there wasn't a lot of um, punk bands. There was maybe one or two okay, floating around in Harlem, but there's not. It was not a big, you know, yeah. place for punk music in Harlem. Yeah. Um, a lot of the venues that were open shut down. Yeah. Um, Harlem used to have a, a million theaters, and they all and venues, and they all closed. Yeah, actually, funny story real quick. Um, my first experience going to like an, an underground DIY, uh, hardcore show was in Harlem. Oh, it was? Yeah, yeah. I think I told you the story, but I went to this spot. I think it was like on 135th. It was like off the uh, free train. The, sh- the shrine? The no, shrine? it was the shrine. I'm trying to remember. They don't, they don't do, they don't do like, like punk music anymore. Nah, nah, They nah, were nah, for this... a little while. This was like back in like 20, I want to say 2011, around that time, like 2011, 2012, or it might have been earlier than that. But anyways, um, I went to the show, it was in Harlem, and uh, it was in this spot called New Amsterdam. Ooh. It was, it was this downstairs, it was like, a, it was, um, it was a downstairs. I know, sort of, I know exactly know, what you're talking about. I know right, what you're talking about. I used right. to go there too. Uh, they closed right. too. Yeah. Yeah. They used to have all types of parties there too. Not, yeah. not just like rock, all types of stuff. But um my homie he threw a show and then um this one band called Zombie Fight, which I'm gonna give you the full circle on that one. When I saw them, I remember thinking like they were so amazing because this was around the time that I was just getting in. I wanna say I was just starting to get more into hardcore and punk at that time. So I remember thinking like, Oh my god, these guys are so cool. Fast forward um, the guitar, the former guitarist of Zombie Fight, I play with in my office. And the former singer of Zombie Fight is, um, he sings for a band called None Above All. And we're, and we're, we're all like close friends. That's dope. <laughs> so it's, it's weird how that whole thing kind of came about. <laughs> That's awesome. It'd be yeah. sometimes, you know? Close. Man. Mm-hmm. I think that's great. I think I can relate. Y'all giving me so much to think about. I'm being reflective. <laughs> <laughs> Just over here thinking through ideas. This is cool. Um, I think we should go ahead and, and wrap it up here, Courtney. Did you have any closing remarks? Or um, I I guess um. No, I don't think so. I, I, otherwise, I'll just keep going. I love yeah. asking questions. So I, I'll just. There for it. <laughs> but there for I guess it. I'll close it out and say, you know, thank you so much for um talking with us this evening. Really appreciate it. Like when Christina saw y'all had re- responded to the email, she was like, "What? I'm like, "What? Oh my god, calm down." <laughs> so you know, this oh is god, this is really cool for us. Yeah. yeah, we hope you guys had a good time too, and we'll help promote that album. I like that Thank blue you. light single. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate y'all for real.